Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 46 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? Pointy end of the season now, Jep. What are your thoughts heading into round 13? Yeah, it's time for high risk, high reward. What do you reckon? Yes, we certainly know about risk this week and we certainly know <laughs> about reward if it doesn't happen for sure. Can coaches, start, can coaches start to target players with three trades, especially against weaker opponents to obtain ceiling games? Yep, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Now we're in the business end and you and I, we, we this podcast is around overall rank, so absolutely. What are your thoughts on upgrading bench options? as soon as possible in order to obtain an edge on wholly owned players who do not suddenly play late in a round, especially with a rolling lockout, knowing plenty will have exhausted their trades, Jep. Yeah, it's important. It is important because... But you had an interesting stat today, wasn't it, about the the number of laid outs has been down. Mm. So with the team announcements and the timing of the team announcements. So maybe we take that... Well, not maybe. We should take that into consideration. Um, we need solid bench cover, one line. I mean, I'm starting to look at throwing away D8 at the moment, for example. Um, but, yeah, we've got to have that cover because um, it's a donut versus a potential 50 or 60. Make sure you're following at AFO Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you'd like a chance of scoring a Plus 6 podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We are going to give a few more away at the end of the season, which is approaching. This week on episode 46, Jepper and I will discuss key players ahead of round 13. Keep in mind we're recording this podcast on Tuesday night, August 18. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall ranking AFL Fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, episode 46, the weather forecast for most games this round is not too bad. No serious rain forecast as we have seen in recent weeks. On to Adelaide Jet, Rolly O'Brien, 113 last week. He's definitely an option for the Ruck. Absolutely, R2 screaming for that spot um, And he was pretty consistent against the Dogs last week Coming up against Geelong, Stanley's not the most accountable ruckman. Matt Crouch, unique, but that Adelaide midfield could be volatile to finish off the season Your thoughts? Yeah, definitely volatile, too risky, I wouldn't go there Rory Laird, ownership spike last round That midfielder usage is still strong, Jep it is. Um, I'll be interested to see how he goes against the bigger bodies of the Geelong midfield, though. I think he's going to struggle this week. Brisbane, Alex Witherden, 87.8 in his last four games. What are your thoughts? Just loving it. Loving the plus sixes all round, mate. He is the uh, definition of a plus six. Dane Zorko, 98.4 from his last five and 111 from his last two. Are we still targeting him as a premium upgrade? Yeah, now with his, with his forward status, um, and it just adds another one to the, to the list of many. So he, if we were to call it now, he's a top six forward, obviously, but it's about you know having the cash to, to get him. Oscar McInerney, we discussed him in last week's episode, 77.7 from his last three. He's at 516K. Jep, your thoughts? Oh, look, I think with the ruck, um, and it's really the Gorn owners and how they've gone, it's it's which way you've decided to go now. I think it's either primo or, or bottom end. 
Carlton, Patrick Cripps, 86.7 from his last three, Jeb. Are you considering him for the rest of the year? No, I'm not, because I've been scarred having him before. He just gets too much attention, way too much. Tom DeConning, 217k bench cover, but with Pitnet not far away from a return. But yes, certainly you could look at him as a downgrade to withdraw some cash, I guess. You could. You could. I think the move would have been last week, though, so it's too late now. Um, I suppose the timing sucks a little bit. If Draper was more topped out in cash, it would have been perfect. Sam Doherty, 70 in round 12, was his highest score since round 5. Jeff, can you believe it? Crazy, and I bet you he's still highly owned in the top 25. So, yeah, 608,000. Look, he's doing a job. Um, I think we've all had other problems, and he's been um, maintaining most teams as a result. On to Collingwood, Taylor Adams, 101.3 points average from his last three games, but he's highly owned in that top group of players, Jeff. Yeah, I still wouldn't let that deter you. I think um, Adams is, is one of those players, you, you know what you're going to get from him each week, and it's a pretty safe bet. Still side bottom, 105 points in round 12, and he is definitely low on Jeff. Yep, no, we we love side bottom, both of us, and um, I can't pump him up high enough. He was great last week and um, still moving freely and looking fit. On to Brody Grundy. He's a must for non-owners at this stage of the season, Jeff. Plus, the Magpies fixture is a lot friendlier moving forward, so uh, he should be in prime fitness and should be ready to go for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. No, no arguments there. Grundy's a, a required player. Essendon, Dylan Shield, 101.5 points from his last two, but it's going to be a wild ride earning him. Yeah, it always is with Shield. He's either on or off. Um, but this is what we spoke about earlier, high risk, high reward, and I think we we should be paying more attention to Shield going forward. Yeah, definitely the ceiling's there, but you know we could get a, a low floor game at any stage, I guess. On to Sam Draper, solo ruck for just 45 points in round 12. Jep, thoughts? Yeah, look, it's um, he's he's doing the job as R three. It's just um, R two. It strains a bit. So um, if you can get that R two sorted and have Draper as R three on your bench as cover, I think that's the ideal scenario. Zach Merritt, ninety two point six points from his last three. He's at seven hundred and seventy five k. Is he a premium target upgrade? Definitely, is a premium target. His role is very fantasy friendly and. Um, it's like Essendon are protecting him with the in and under stuff. He's not having to do the dirty in and under work, um, and he's doing his best work delivering the ball and with metres gained. So, yeah, I like it. On to Darcy Parrish, 590k, 90.5 average from his last two, but Jake Stringer is close to a return. So that's target and also owners beware. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, look, stay away from Parrish. It's... it's it's not, not wise. He, he's too like Shield. He's a bit of a roller coaster, but probably worse. And the forward options are far more appealing. Freeman or Luke Ryan, just another defender to throw into the mix. Jep thoughts? Yeah, definitely like it. He um, and I think he's got something to play for now. I think all Australian is mm. is pretty close to him. So he, there's no doubting that's in his mind. And Longmuir would respect that. And for the for the culture of the club and, and some rapport of, of gaining something this season, I think Luke Ryan is going to be flying for the rest of the season. Yeah, and Fremantle are just a, a holding team, especially in that back line, in dry conditions. Obviously, they've had a few wet games recently, but uh, he is certainly advantaged by that 
game style from Justin Longmuir. Okay, Nat 5, no forward status, but he is a unique in that midfield, Jeff. Yeah, he is. Um, again, I think like Cripps, he just gets too much attention for my liking. But it, again, I, I sort of contradict what I'm saying because if he was a forward, I'd probably think about it more. But no for me. On to Caleb Sarong. Um, must to upgrade or bench cover only now, right now, Jeff? Yeah, definitely. He's um, he's looking tired. And when you think about the intense games and some of those wet weather football games that he's had in the last month, it's it's definitely taken a toll on his fitness. On to Geelong. Cats coach Chris Scott has mentioned recently he has weighed up the possibility on managing plays against weakened opponents. This week they played the Crows. Crows haven't won a game. Your thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Dangerfield's rested. No, there's, it makes total sense. I mean, even though um, Joel Selwood has um, had you know, an interrupt, he had an injury earlier, they might rest him also. There's a no-risk policy, and they should be with Geelong. They're an older side, um, and they've got plenty of depth. So Narkel's in the twos. You could probably pick a couple more um, that could cover it quite comfortably. So, yep, don't be surprised for some critical changes. And it's pretty obvious they're rotating plays in and out of that team to get through that condensed fixture jet. Yeah, absolutely. And even in the midfield minutes, they're rotating and managing those minutes also. So it's on-field as well as um, off-field. Okay, we're going to get into some players here for the Cats. Mitch Duncan. Again, it's a prime-time matchup this week, and if you're an owner or targeting him, this might be the week to grab him. Your thoughts? Well, for me, not Duncan. I think if, if Geelong are really where they want to be in the game, Duncan could sit out the second half of the last quarter, as an example. And it's hypothetical, obviously. Um, so I think you've got to keep that in mind with the older players. Patrick Dangerfield, we know he spent some time forward recently for pretty much the majority of the game. Uh, he Again, he could primetime match up this week, but he could be managed either within game or completely out of the game, Jeff. Yeah, again, I'm not banking on, you know, 120-plus points from Danger this week. I don't think that's that's a likely scenario um, with the way the game will play out. Shop early for the Cats, get the result known ASAP, and then chip that ball around to manage uh, the players, Jeff, just as a in-between break between the players we're discussing here. Yeah, agree. Completely agree. I think that's a, a pretty safe bet of how the game will play out. Now, one player that could junk it up is Sam Managola, Jip. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I um, he's a bit more expendable, I suppose. Not as critical to the Geelong, and no disrespect to Sam because he's had a fantastic season. But I think, you know, if you're Chris Scott, would you rather Paddy Dangerfield went down with a hammy or would you rather Sam Managola? So that's, I yeah, I'm expecting a huge score from Managola this week. Okay, here is a key forward we're going to talk, discuss about a key forward, Jep. And in this season where key forwards have been pretty much non-existent, Tom Hawkins last week showed what he could do. If the Cats are serious this week, Hawkins could be a unique one- to two-week trade-in. He's got the Crows, then the Bulldogs, then a bye. So you're pretty much a two-week trade-in to grab against the Crows for a high-scoring game this week. There's a chance, Jep. Three trades, can we do it? Yeah, there's, anything's possible. I mean, and that's a really interesting scenario because he could easily kick six. And again, he's vying for the Coleman medal. He's in and around the spot. Mm. So um, I think he's currently leading by two or three. There's no doubt about they They think about and talk about these things behind closed doors. So 
um, yeah, it's it's a high risk, high reward scenario with Hawkins for sure. It's definitely a one to two week trade in because you don't want the average uh, because it's actually yeah. not, not too good. So it's one to two week trade in. Uh, get you, hopefully he cracks a hundred both weeks and then just get him the hell out of there. Okay, on to Gold Coast, Lockie Weller. His midfield usage is there, but the numbers are quite low. He's a volatile ownership. Yeah, unfortunately, like you said, it's a bit like Gresham was. Um, Weller's getting those midfield minutes to start converting in the fantasy scores, but he's still playing well and doing his job. Jared Witt, 76 in round 12, but his low disposal numbers will be a hindrance. Your thoughts? Yeah, and look, he's not the lightest of, of Ruckman. Um, and again, those condensed fixtures, and I think Gold Coast only have a four or five day break coming off the back of this round. So, yeah, avoid. Last game, first game, into round 12, round 13. Interesting. Okay, on to Jack Bowers. Throw into the defensive mix uh, for those that you are willing to look at. Uh, the matchup in round 12, however, was ideal against Richmond. Your thoughts on Bowers, Jeff? Yeah, I don't mind it. I think there are the defenders as that D5, D6 that you could target a bit better around the same value, but he is value for money. GWS Giants, Tim Taranto, poor return in round 12, but definitely still an option where no one will actually really target him this week, Jep. Yeah, so obviously, um, if those that follow me on Twitter saw my tweets, I brought him in. Um, he, we, he's got the caliber to, to, to have a, a big, you know, end of the second half of the season or end of the season, and he can, he's got a big ceiling. So note those two things, and um, he's hoping. Nick Haynes, who was totally shut down in round 12. That's a concern for owners, Jep. Yeah, but again, not many people would... Well, for owners, sure. But I think against West Coast, it won't be anything like that. I think he'll he'll have a very solid game on Optus Stadium, um, a bigger deck, and he can do his job and, and free to roam. Josh Kelly, three scores over 100 points in three of his last four games, Jep. Yeah, these running wingmen that just keep... You know, the gut runners, we've said it before. So Optus Stadium suits him to a T. So more of that this week. Hutchings is apparently there or thereabouts for West Coast, whether he comes straight in. I doubt he'd come this week, but just see if you can monitor that. He'll probably go to Kelly on the outside, to be fair. Good point. Okay, on to Hawthorne. Unfortunately for James, Sicily has done his ACL and will be out for 12 months, Jep. Unfortunate news, Jep. Yeah, it's really unexpected. It didn't look that severe. Um, but, yeah, these these bloody ACLs, they, they can be a nightmare. So, look, probably um, if we have a delayed start to next season, he won't miss much football and, and he'll come back bigger and stronger. We're going to go through some defensive options at the end of this podcast for those Sicily owners looking to move him on. Okay, on to Will Day. He looked even better in round 12, Jep. He's a, definitely a, a D6 option to start on ground. Your thoughts? It would have been nice um, if we knew that a few weeks ago when most of us owned him. So, look, credit to the young fella. I reckon he was arguably, he was definitely the second best player for Hawthorne on the game, um, if not the best. So that's a credit to the kid. And as a Hawthorne supporter, you, you hold that in pretty high hopes for the future. So... For the remaining of the season, it's just whoever currently owns him, lock him in at D6, especially without Sicily. I think he's got more of a um, mark kick game with Sicily not around. Again on Sicily, those looking at a like-for-like swap, potentially to take over his scoring opportunities. Uh, a lot of people were tweeting in Connor Glass for us to discuss, Jep. 
Again, people looking at a direct replacement, it's risky, but it's actually pretty cheap still. Oh, look, they're obviously doing it, um, and the ideas around the, the cash, um, 368000 but, you know, Connor Glass... We've seen games many a time where he scored 20-25 in a full time, full game, not in COVID football. So um, I wouldn't be doing it at all. On to Chad Wingard. Obviously, the news come through late this afternoon that Jager O'Meara is going to miss round 13. Uh, Wingard is a possible option, but don't forget O'Meara could actually just miss the one game, Jip. Yeah, but when you're 582 grand and, you know, that primo taste, I think it's not a bad bet. I, um, yeah, if Amira does come back and it's it's likely Wingard shifts back to that half-forward spot. So, yeah, it's it's how you hedge your bet, I suppose. If, if Amira misses two games, however, then it, it becomes more feasible. On to Melbourne, Angus Brayshaw. Demons have had an easy run in the last two rounds, Jep, through that midfield. I'll repeat that. The Demons have had an easy run through that midfield in the last two rounds. His role can definitely be a, as a defensive mid. For me, it's buyer definitely be aware. The ownership will definitely spike this week, and it will be heavy. His next two opponents like to move the ball very fast, so a negating role may be needed. For me, Jeb, I'm a definite fade here. I couldn't do it. He's still scarred from the last two seasons. But, again, this is a high-risk, high-reward pick. We um, The Bulldogs aren't going to show much pressure through that midfield um, physically. And, again, it's just the way they play. They play that running-gun game. So even though Brayshaw might be two steps behind a, a Bontempelli running out, um, he could come off and pick up um, plenty of plus sixes as well. So I'd... I'd I'd expect an 80-plus run against the Dogs. Okay, on to Max Gorn with Pruce delivering at Ruck Jep. The Demons are in no rush for Max to return, as he said on radio this morning. Yeah, I saw your um, your tweet today, and um, look, I'd take that as he's not coming back this week. I think it's one more week. Some chance, discussion outside the club that it could be a few weeks, and but Gorn is pretty confident he could return soonish. Uh, he said he retrained trained yesterday uh, outside the main group. So we've just got to see how that plays out. Okay, on to Clayton Oliver. The price tag is high. Are you targeting him for the remainder of the season, Jep? Absolutely. And again, he's probably suited with the Bulldogs matchup this week because I expect a lot of in and under um, hardball gets from Oliver. Um, Dunkley is his biggest opponent and Liberatore, and I think he'll do the job. Onto North Melbourne, they're going to miss finals. That means possible volatility in roles. However, one player I do like, Jep, Luke McDonald. He's the target in the defence for me, for non-owners. 98 points from his last four games. Thoughts? Yep, got the ceiling. Uh, he's a quarterback for North Melbourne. Um, and I, by watching and reading North Melbourne, I think the way Reshaw's playing them is they're already playing for next season. So he's... He's testing them. He wants to get comfortable. He wants roles locked away uh, and know who his best men are for the job, really, going forward. Okay, on to Luke Davis, Uniaki. He's improving for me, Jeb, from what I'm seeing, watching every single game. No guarantees on that midfield usage, however. But again, he's only at 449k. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think the the moment's passed um, in terms of his price. We... Um, that it's a, the awkward price, either go down to a rookie to generate enough cash for upgrades. Um, 
and 449 grand doesn't do that. Jed Anderson, 119 points in round 12 at 745k. It's a bit expensive for me. What are your thoughts, Chip? Yeah, too pricey. He's looking. He's played great, and again, probably one of North Melbourne's best this season. Um, but you can cop a really poor score in that, and I'm yeah, I wouldn't. On to Port Adelaide, Dan Houston. Burton is inching closer to return, which may help the midfield usage out for Houston. He's actually getting the scores done. It's acceptable at the moment, especially for most defenders who aren't scoring that well this year, Jeff. Yeah, he's it's not bad. Um, you know, he's been in most of our teams since round one, so carry on. I'm sure we've others or most of us have bigger problems. Travis Boke, 95.5 points from his last two. 80.3 average with a power buy upcoming soon. Are you interested in both, Jep? Not with the buy. Um, I think if he didn't have the buy, you know, he's got an average of 80. Yes, he ticks a box. We get the 80. But, um, yeah, the 685,000, though, is appealing. But that's just that buy that kind of throws it when we peak him for high ceiling scores and um, you'd only get the 80. So, again, we're focusing on overall rank. When you, you lock players away that don't haven't had the buy yet, you're um you, you're limiting yourself in your ceiling for the round. That's exactly right. Okay, on to Tom Rockliffe, poor returning round twelve, Jip, and we're sort of getting off the Rocky bandwagon here. Yeah, this is the problem with Rocky. He um he can fade, and um it is unfortunate. But next week, you know he um he could be back on. So it's it's that. It's that day of the week, I suppose, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's really off. On to Richmond, Jaden Short. Hawley is set to return very soon, Jip. Yeah, that's going to affect short scores, no doubt. On to Basher Hawley. Damien Harwick will make sure he's completely right before he goes. Obviously, he spent a couple of weeks in quarantine and didn't hit a ground for training. He'll be a unique peak, Jip. Tigers, round 17 by... With his 82.5 defender average, that is one I am definitely keen on. Your thoughts? Yeah, okay. So I've thought about this long and hard for the short time we've had to plan for, for the upcoming round 13. I think when you look, you know, in quarantine and, and getting those miles on the legs, I'm sure he had a treadmill in his room and all of that kind of thing, but um, I'd give it a week. I'd give it a week, and definitely for round 14, you bring him in as that POD. Actually, Hardwick was non-committal on him playing this week, so we'll see whether he is named or not. Okay, on to Dustin Martin, just 69 points in round 12. He's an option, but the 73.5 average for round 17 by is a concern, Chip. Yeah, that's going to sting, but nevertheless, let's, this week, I think he goes big this week against the Bombers. St Kilda, Rowan Marshall, 83.8 points from his last five, 694k. Just Ryder adds a risk in there, but that score is actually quite good, Jeb. Yeah, he's, he's still ticking along, um, definitely. And, he, you know, I'd have the ideal R2s for me are either Marshall or O'Brien. So, um, you know, keep keeping on and, and back him in. Jack Bytel. Just 27 points in round 12, but his midfield usage actually was still quite decent, Chip. Yeah, it was quite frustrating to watch, to be fair. Um, in around the ball, and he just couldn't convert with possessions and, and fantasy scores. So, look, I think his time is limited in the St Kilda 22, to be fair. They've got um, they've got to start peaking at the right time now, and um, Bytel won't be in their finals plans. 
onto Jack Steele Jep, a poor score in round 12. He's been up for so long that salary is now going to plummet. Oh, well, not, yeah. not is going to plummet, could plummet. Well, yeah, look, he, well, every player's allowed a bad score, but gee whiz, for owners, there would have been plenty of coaches in the last couple of weeks going to bring him in as a point of difference, and then he does that. So that's a kick in the guts, but you maintain it. Um, I think for non-owners, we just let him decrease in cost and solve other problems first. On to Sydney, Jackson Thurlow. He looks actually quite good in that back six for the Swans. The scores are also there, 81 points from his last two. It's probably worth it for those looking. However, Rampy is now out for the season with a broken hand, which may or may not hinder, depends who comes into the team and how long Meyer structures up that back line. Jep, your thoughts? I don't think it will hinder his scores. I think his Thurlow's role remains the same. Which would be good, um, yep. Yeah, which ticks that box. I, I really, you know, Rampy's a key defender. Um, I can't see how that affects Thurlow in the mix. Um, Thurlow used to play tall, but since going to Sydney, I think he's played a bit more of a running half-back-ish, even wing role um, in recent games. So, no, I think Thurlow, yeah, again, history probably um, suggests he can, you know, give us poor scores, but credit with credit's due. He was phenomenal last weekend. Um, and looks very confident, and you give him that. For me, on Jackson Thurlow, you need to monitor who is in and out of that team, and that will pretty much decide uh, whether you can trade him or not. Okay, on to Jake Lloyd. He definitely must own. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, keeps doing it every every year, um, every game. We just love it, so required player. On to Will Gould. We haven't seen him yet. Still no word on a Dubu. It's getting late in the season, Jep. Do we actually want to see him in 2020 or are we thinking 2021 now, please? Yeah, look, I think Will Gould will come in at some point later in the season. Not just yet. Um, he's a quality player and he'll be a, he'll be a good asset for the Swans, but um, they might need to be a little bit more patient. Okay, on to West Coast. A couple of injuries here in the midfield, Redden and Yo. And that will might affect CBAs going forward, Jep, especially in the short to medium turn at the Eagles the Eagles could go to a four-player CBA rotation, which could include Shui, She, Gaff, and Kelly. Uh, let's wrap these up in a three-player discussion, and we'll just go with Shui, Kelly, and Gaff. Your thoughts, Jep? Yeah, I think um, No Yo and Red Dog. I think they um, that helps them um, with their time on ball. Spot on with the comment there, Pete. I um, I wouldn't. I'd actually make Gaff a target for uh, for non-owners as a result. But the problem is we know how West Coast went in the Queensland hub when they were there and their form. Um, does that deter, you know, those coaches trying to trade in Gaff? Will he go as well on Metricon or won't he? So you've got to weigh all that up. But, um, again, high risk, high reward. West Coast are playing for top four and finals and all that sort of stuff. So it's a business end. Um, and I reckon this hub is um, going to be quite different in terms of results for West Coast. Eagles are going to have a condensed fixture, Jep. Luke Shuri has had hamstring issues this year. He could be one to miss, and more one player to miss at any stage. Nick Naknui, for people who own him, uh, that's another player that can potentially miss through this condensed fixture period for West Coast. OK, on to the Western Bulldogs. They've got the Demons, Cats, and Boy upcoming in a row. Marcus Bontempelli absolutely crushed in round 12 for 145 points, Jep. What a game. 
Yeah, he didn't slow down. You think um, he didn't take slow the foot down. off? He take his foot off the pedal in the last quarter. It's quite the opposite. So um, yeah, look, obviously a fantastic player of our game, and and we witnessed that last weekend. So oh, I owned him in round one, but um, unfortunately I didn't own him last weekend. <laughs> Onto Bailey Smith, Holly owned and after several underperforming scores, delivered a superb 125 points and ran 12 jet. Yeah, uh, I don't think we expected it to be that good, but we expected something decent. Most of us did. So against Melbourne this week, should be a pretty good return again. Onto Josh Dunkley. He was used in ruck situations, believe it or not, in round 12 against Adelaide. Let's hope that plays out for the remainder of the season. He's only played six games, Jeb, so another five of those could be interesting with positions next season. Your thoughts? Oh, golly, could you imagine? I highly doubt it. I don't think Champion Data's got the guts to do that one. But, um, look, Dunks, again, much like Taranto, same very similar players and um, they have very similar fantasy games high ceilings big tackles big big possessions so I don't mind the Dunkley risk but it is a huge risk yeah moderate score last round so he won't be targeted this week so maybe that's one player you can go unique on okay to finish off our player situation here Jeb Tim English is questionable for round 13 with an angle injury if you own, plan your trade scenarios around English being involved or out of that team. A rest will be interesting to see which way coach Luke Beveridge plays it for the Bulldogs. Jep, your thoughts? Well, let's assume that Gorn's not playing. So Dogs, Melbourne this week, and we assume Gorn's not playing. I think Tim English is more likely not to play, and they bring in a first gamer in Jordan Sweet. So we've got a $170,000 Ruckman we can all cash in on. So we just got to keep that in mind um, and, and obviously see what happens in team selection. Definitely. Okay, on to our James Sisley scenario. So we're going to look at some targets, maybe not just James Sisley, but just targets for defenders for the remainder of the season, Jep. I'm going to break them down into three tiers and just one player in that tier one for me at the moment, that's Jake Lord, Jep. Do you like yes or no? So we'll just go oh, through group of players. So yes or no, straight up. Absolutely, yes. Yes for me. On to tier two and Sam Doherty. Yes or no? And this might be even just as a trade out. What are your thoughts? Look, if I if I had all my rooks off my starting 22, I'd trade him. Definitely to get that edge because of his high ownership. Basha Hawley, yes or no? Yes. Rory Laird, yes or no? <sighs> no. Luke McDonald, yes for me. What are your thoughts? Definitely yes for me. Luke Ryan, yes for me? Yes for me. Alex Witherden, yes for me. Love him, yes. Jordan Ridley, still on the fence for me? No for me. Callum Mills, a no for me. Definitely no for me. Jaden Short, now a no for me. Yep, no for me too. Nick Haynes, avoid for me, that's a no. I'm, I'm a yes for the Nick Haynes camp. I'm trolling you on this one. Brad Shepard. Uh, no for me. That's a yes for me. Tom Stewart. Yes for me, for sure. Zach Bailey. No. Dan Houston. No. Lockie Weller. No. That's a no for me as well. Jack Crisp, and he's struggled this season, really. Absolutely not. My biggest disappointment this season, mate. Okay, on to Tier 3. Just a couple of players in here. Jackson Thulo, it's a yes for me now. Oh, yes, at the moment with his 
price. Jack Bowles for Gold Coast. I think it's a no for me because that it's just everyone's going to look at that score from last week and think that's possible, which it is. But Richmond was just obviously a prime time scoring scenario over him, so it's a no. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, no for me as well. And Nick Vloston, interesting one there. Can he hit those healing numbers? Not consistently, and because of that, it's a no from me. Okay, we're going to go into some top 25 ownership numbers now from round 12. Now, just a shout-out to Eric McTuto and also Freisig, and we're going to do a couple of retweets when those articles go up, and they're going to do the top 100 from round 12, so that article will be coming out in a couple of days. So we'll give that a retweet on our Twitter feed, and then... uh, that's actually good information for you to target for the remainder of the season. Look at uniques and look at players that you're going to be going up against with high ownership. So we're going to look at some defenders from the top 25 right now. Jep and Stockerty at 96%, Lord at 80%, Crisp at 52%, still quite high. And we've got Houston at 48%, Thurlow at 36%, Smith at 36%, Stewart 36%, Ridley at 24%. It's quite open right here. Laird 24%, Sisley, which will be now traded out at 20%, Bailey 20%, Haynes 16%. It's actually spread out there, Jeff. Your thoughts? Yeah, very spread out, very evenly spread out. Um, I think now we it's it's really unique. So I didn't hear a McDonald in there nope. at all. And, um, and with that, Overall rank, that's the one you're targeting. Yep, spot on. Okay, on to the top 25 coaches and midfielders. So Mitchell at 88%, Canelio 80%, Neil 80%, McRae 64%, Adams 56%, Zorko 56%, McGrath 52%, Sarong 32%, still on field. That's 32%, Jeff, can you believe it? We've got Duncan at 28%, good matchup this week. Gaffer 28%, Oliver 24%, Cripp 16%, Dangers 12, unique. Got the crows this week, but what does Chris Crop do? And that's what we got so far for those moderate to a high-ranked players. Jet midfield, what are your thoughts? Yeah, again, pretty evenly spread. And, um, yeah, we've got, that's wrong. That's That's got to be a priority for most of those top coaches, you would have thought. Into the rucks, Jet. We're going to most of the coaches have got the Grundy and Goldstein scenario right now. So it's Grundy at 84% and there's a lot of overlap with Goldstein, who's at 52%. O'Brien's just at 16%, so he's unique, do you think, Jeff? Yeah, definitely, and I really like O'Brien going forward. We've got an older Goldie trying to get through a, a second lot of condensed fixtures. Just to finish off there, Wits at 8% unique, but I'm not sure on his ceiling for the remainder of the season. Marshall 8% getting the scores in there, but Ryder is still a risk to his ceiling, and if Ryder does pop out for a few weeks, you know, that could be a target for you there, low-owned. Laddam's 8%, English 4%, with an ankle gassoon, and one player with Nat Nui, so uh, what are your thoughts on the rucks there, Jep? Yeah, we've just got to be mindful, again, they're, they're the players most vulnerable to rest and, and recovery, or role change, we've seen Goldie um, avoid centre square and start on a wing, crazily enough. Um, and then, you know, Natanui would definitely get rested. Dawn has been a no-risk policy. So I think it's just tread carefully with who you, who you get. I like O'Brien really because of where his fitness level's at. Um, he looks pretty free and injury-free and, and he's moving greatly. Great. So um, that's pretty much the main reason why I like him and, and I'm targeting him. Same with Marshall too. Marshall looks free, like moving freely on the field and um, not hindered by any niggling injuries, and he'd be another. 
onto the forward line, and it's quite condensed here, and that's Petrarca at 96%, Whitfield 88%, obviously he's got some ownership there in the midfield there, Bailey Smith 84%, Simpson 72%, Andrew Brashaw 64%, Greenwood 60%, who is actually struggling now, and we're going into Dustin Martin at 28%. So uh, they're actually all pretty much, you could say, as premiums. And obviously with Bailey Smith's score on the weekend, you could throw in sort of that Tier 2 premium, I guess, there. So, But it's pretty condensed there, Jep. And there's not many. I'm just looking down at the players underneath. And there's not much. Oh, the one that's not there is actually side bottom, who's at 4%. So he's the one if you're looking for a unique option in against that those top-ranked coaches, Jep. For sure, yeah. I, was, I think side bottom is the main and biggest target for those um, vying for overall rank. Okay, Jep, that'll do us for this episode. We'll return next week for episode 47. We're nearly at the half century, yet. all of a sudden. The, wow. po- the podcast schedule for the remainder says we'll stick to the Tuesday night platform and we'll return, yeah, next Tuesday night. So that's it for episode 46, Jeb. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.